Hey, welcome to episode 33 of the Praying Man podcast. This episode, we sit down and have a conversation with Courtney Preeti. Courtney, we've known for several years and just continue to be impressed by what she does uh, in the field as a hunter, but also what she does for uh, people getting into hunting. Um, she holds a lot of events and camps, a lot for women specifically, and uh, it's really great to see all the lives that she's touched and people that she's uh, really put out in the field and trained and given them the tools to go out there and do it themselves. So she, not only that, John and I are become very jealous very quick about all the things that uh, she got to do this year. She was in Alaska twice, hunted uh, the, obviously the West here in the United States quite a bit, and I'm pretty, pretty sure she punched a tag in every place she went to. So uh, it's a great conversation, and we hope you enjoy it. This podcast is brought to you by Royal Six Apparel. Royal Six is premium hunting gear, casual gear for anyone out there who loves to chase elk. So you can find all of the new Royal Six gear on prayingman.com, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G-M-A-N.com. Enjoy the show. I need to remember. Oh, man. All right, we're going to start that over. DJ Jazz Jeff over there. This is not how the podcast starts. Thank you for joining us today on the Praying Man Podcast. (laughs) With the shock jocks. You ready? Yeah, we're good. Okay, hit it. Good, 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 good. All right. Yes. As John said, with that snappy intro, yet again, another episode of the Praying Man podcast. Uh, we have a very special guest, somebody that's punched more tags this year than I think John and I have in the last five years. Easily. Courtney Preet. Courtney. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Am I saying your last name right? Is no. Pret? Preeti. Is it really pretty? Yeah. Pretty, pretty, yeah. It's so funny because I'm like, why did I get another last name that nobody can pronounce? <laughs> well, should we start over then? Now, nah, let's. Get hey, it. everybody, no. uh, <laughs> we are joined by a very special guest here. I just uh, want to hit that button again. Yeah, do it. No. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Uh, all right, we're gonna jump into it. Uh, we are a little bit on time crunch on recording, so I don't want to waste any time. So, Courtney, uh, what I did say at the beginning there, that's pretty true. You crushed it this year. Can you? This give was us an just, awesome. Season. Tell us who you are. Yeah. Give us the elevator pitch. Oh, gosh. Um, My name is Courtney Preedy. I am a mom, two boys. My husband is a military man. He's actually currently um, on tour up in Alaska. So uh, that's one of the reasons I get to spend so much time between Oregon and Sitka, which is great. Um, I run outdoor events and camps for women um, to just kind of bridge the gap, giving them a space where they can come and learn from other women. Uh, We teach archery. Uh, This year we're doing a fishing camp up in Sitka. And we just have a lot of fun Mm. just hanging out in the outdoors, talking about hunting um, and all of the above. And yeah, it was a phenomenal season. I've, you know, with my husband being on tour, he's, you know, obviously gone. And so it leaves me with a lot of time to fill. And um, he's so, he's always like, 
I've got some idea to go bear hunting in Valdez. And he's like, do it. You know, he's he's like, I got this invitation to go to Kodiak and go hunting. He's like, go do it. You know, so he really supports me in being able to do a lot of those things. And um, it was just a heck of a season. I did a lot of first time things. I just really never saw myself doing before. And it's been so much fun. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. We, I, John and I have both been following you on, on Instagram. And if you have a chance to follow her, if you don't already do yourself a favor and give her a follow. Cause it's very entertaining, very entertaining, uh, very accomplished. Uh, and, uh, uh, it's you, you cover a lot of things. I mean, you, you, I think you explained yourself very, very well there. And, and whether you're into fitness or hunting or just being outside, like you're, you, you encapsulate that very well. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. What's the name of your camps? You know, they don't really have name. Okay. Um, they're all kind of named based on what the camps are. Um, the brand that I've built over the last seven years is called Her Outdoor Journey, which is where, you know, the YouTube videos live under that channel. And um, I don't know if it'll ever be something else, but right now it's just kind of fallen under that brand. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So I have a question. I, I, I gave John these notes can, and I'm really curious how you answer this. So how do you, how do you see yourself in the outdoor space? And so what I mean by that is, I guess more, how do you think this your, is so confusing? I know. How Jake, do you think you you're do, perceived? Do a better job of <laughs> I know, asking right? I even wrote it out. <laughs> you gave me the notes. Do you want them back? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> helpful. I need a prompter. I need a prompter. I know. I'm, I'm curious how you are, you, you believe like you're perceived in the outdoor space. Okay. So it, it, let me break it down even a little bit more, make it more confusing, but, and then we're going to tell you yes. how you actually are perceived in the outdoor space. Thanks. I'm just kidding. But finish your obviously, you know, it's, it's, it's such a male dominated activity. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you find yourself always having to explain yourself as a, as a quote unquote woman who hunts or is it becoming more and more that you're just another, you know, another hunter like all the rest everybody else out there doing it or is it still like oh she's a she's a woman hunter you know she <laughs> you know what i mean Do you, no you know i get yeah i understand your question like have we barely, moved past that but, yet or yeah. is it still i think we're past it um and i think you know i don't i mean to answer your question which was we got there. Yeah, we got there. Um, how, how do I feel like I'm perceived? No, I don't feel like I ever really have to justify or explain. Um, occasionally, I will, like an example, um, I'm showing my house right now, and the husband and wife walked in, and they're like, oh, somebody hunts. And the daughter, she was like 16, she looks at me, and she's like, it's you, isn't it? You know, and she was like, she was like, that's so cool. So in those situations, to me, it does feel a little special or unique maybe that mm. I'm a chick that basically lives in the outdoors, but, um, online or how like I'm perceived, I don't ever think about it. Honestly, it's just mm -hmm. kind of ingrained in who I am. And I don't really think too much about what other people are thinking. Good. That perception is good. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I, it just, with the way, you know, we have all these different outlets now, whether it's, Instagram or, you know, if you have a YouTube channel yeah. and you see such a wide and it guys too, right? You have people that you can tell are doing it and like are really passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, people that are doing it for sponsors and, you know, it just doesn't feel quite as genuine. 
you know, there's, there's moments and I, and I see that too, a lot. Um, there's moments where I'll have somebody say something to me and there must be a little underlying something because I do sometimes feel that defensiveness come out in me where, you know, somebody will say, Oh, so great to see a woman out hunting, you know, or, or something for example. And, and to me, it's like, well, what do you mean by that? You know, because it's what I've done my entire life. And sometimes, and this is just me being very candid. I don't necessarily want to be grouped into this like late adult onset hunter thing, not because it's bad by any means, Mm -hmm. but because there is this association a lot of times with females specifically that hunt that were maybe introduced by their husband you know, or something, it's like, I have a lot of accomplishments prior to any boyfriend or, you know, anybody that I ever dated, you know, because my dad was so great to take me out there. Um, but you know, I think it's a stigma that I mm-hmm. will probably always have to, you know, brush up against to some degree because it's not, it's not an equal playing field as of now, but right. maybe someday it will be. Okay. I was just curious, uh, you know, we had you on, uh, one of our first podcasts mm-hmm. a long time ago. And I, I, I asked you a similar question and I just, you know, obviously that was several years ago. I wanted to see uh, lots changed since then. Oh yeah. And I just yeah. was curious how, um, if he's like, if you still have to answer those questions or, or if it's just becoming more, more the norm, you know, mm-hmm. you just, this is your activity. This is what you do. This yep. is who you are. How old were you when you first went out with your pops? Um, on my own tag, I was 11, but he started taking me when I was about five. Yeah. Yeah. So deer, dirty deer camp is yeah. all I know. You know, <laughs> yeah. like that's just, yeah. that was a part of what here, we did. In Oregon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he grew up hunting in Silver Lake mm-hmm. and it was just, that was home to us. Like we always camped in the same exact spot. We had a tree fort set up, you mm-hmm. know, we'd sell my dad pine cones, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and, um, it was just, it was just what we did, you know, a lot of kids went out and did other recreational things and we went hunting and, um, and I'm so thankful. Like it was just for me, I remember the moment where I was like, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to provide for my family someday. And, and I'd never looked back, you know, I mean, I will say I looked back once or twice, like through college or whatever, you know, you don't do it as much as, as you know, I do now, but I think everybody kind of goes through those. And, and like you guys, you know, too, sometimes like the schedule with the family or your, you know, schedule with work or whatever deadlines you have plays a big part in how much time you get outdoors, but mm-hmm. try to be out there. So as much what time. was that moment when you realized, okay, I think I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. It was my dad killing a buck and like in front of me, you know, I was, I think six and I just remember watching all of the blood, you know, and he the the buck died in this pond and the amount of blood like in my mind right so this was a long time ago but in my mind what i remember is like blood red water and this it was is, a this little is like water. A dexter i was gonna say episode. jaws yeah to, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah and i was just like that's so cool that's so cool and yeah. i mean it's kind of gross and morbid and you know whatever but and then just just watching the whole thing from like you know, spotting the deer, him shooting it, the, the water filling up with blood, him dragging it out, like him walking my sister and I through how to, you know, gut it out. And just the whole thing for me, I was like, this is where it's at. Mm -hmm. This is so cool. And Mm -hmm. it helps, you know, too, that I looked up to my dad so much and, Mm -hmm. you know, 
basically wanted to be his son. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, uh, and I, I don't want to go. I, I just think that's so important to introduce. I, I just think that it's important to introduce people, kids, especially kids into like how, how this is how life is. This is how people eat. This is you how know? life was matter, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. But you know, it's like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're getting chicken nuggets yeah. at McDonald's or a quarter pounder, or you go to a nice steak restaurant and you pay 60 bucks for a plate. Mm-hmm. Or if you go shoot a deer, like you're something's dying. Right. Yeah. Knowing where your food comes from. So mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't like it and you don't want to be a hunter, it's so important to at least understand like this is how life happens. You know what I mean? I think about that a lot when I see waste and I used to volunteer at the kids school. And Mm. so I would go into the cafeteria and just the amount of like chicken nuggets in the garbage can or half eaten hamburgers. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't necessarily think that we all understand that in order to have an animal protein on your plate, something did have to die. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's huge. Like there's, I don't ever, personally anticipate killing something that I don't have the desire to take home and eat mm-hmm. like that to me is really important. And that's why I'm a hunter is because I want to, you know, bring home animals and put them in the fridge or the freezer. And then every time we go to eat, you know, like we don't have to talk about it, but like my kids are proud of that, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that for me as you know, somebody who was a single mom for so long, like having your boys that are proud of their mom and like, mm-hmm. that's really big. Yeah. So absolutely. No, that's, that's great. Uh, like you said, at least to get kids to stop and think about it, mm-hmm. even though, even if it's just for a minute and just to realize what's going on and kind of like hunting, you know, I mean, they might step away from that. Like I, uh, for a while and it might not be important to them. And I, but I think as you get older, you, you know, that you start to process that stuff more and more and, uh, it's important. Yeah. Well, and you keep the appreciation for you know, what it took to get that. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's something that I think should be almost a requirement. Like for, if you want to eat meat, mm-hmm. you should at least know the process of, you know, coming mm-hmm. about it. And, and we're progressively getting lazier. I shouldn't say we're getting lazier, but it's just getting so much easier to never leave your home, you know, to the point where now you can just order food and mm-hmm. it's brought to you, you know, whether you're grocery shopping, you know, at least when you go grocery shopping in a store, you can at least like look and see, <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. you might see the butcher back there with his, you know, <laughs> yeah. he, you at least witness some of that stuff. But now, you know, now it's to the point where you don't even have to go to the grocery store. Don't you know? deliver so just, it to your house. People don't see that stuff. Even, even that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the one, like one of my pet peeves uh, when my kiddos are eating, you know, and you know, if, if there's some salad, you know, although they're really good about eating their salad. So five years old, three years old, and he's going to be two years shortly. But uh, when they leave like some deer steak on the plate, no, no, no. You can't mm-hmm. be excused yet. <laughs> you see that right there? <laughs> yeah. No, they're they're really good about it, but yeah. Um it's a proud dad moment whenever we're we come out here to Jake's house or just drive along the road and your five year old girls, Dad, shoot that turkey right now. <laughs> Chicken strips, turkey strips, kill it. <laughs> ah, I love you. Uh-huh. Yeah. There were some nice toms on the way here today, by the way. <laughs> yes, there are. Yes. And you are more than welcome, and all of your friends can come out here and shoot as many turkeys as you have tags for at any time, spring or fall, because we, as you, this road is covered in them. So nice, awesome. You're more than welcome to. So, um, so you, you're very, uh, you're heavily involved with women in the outdoors. So, I, I guess you know where 
did you know at a young age with that? And, you know, as you, you know, was it social media where you started getting some notoriety? Um, you know, at what point did you say, okay, I want to help other people. I want to bring them along with this and get them introduced. Um, you know, I think, you know, I have a 20 year background in, in coaching fitness. And so, you know, that kind of relationship with somebody as far as like mentoring, coaching, helping was kind of natural for me. Um, but I never really saw myself kind of segueing into the hunting space necessarily, um, until I became a bow hunter Mm. and, you know, I, and maybe it was because I had somewhat of a history with like rifle hunting and didn't really go into shops for, you know, rifle stuff. I didn't go shoot, you know, at a range or anything. And so walking into shops for the first couple of times, I just felt like so overwhelmed and also kind of like stared at and like uncomfortable. It's not a friendly place to be. It isn't. Most, most places aren't. It, it It's not. Unfortunately. And I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that that was a huge barrier and it could have been a big deterrent for me and ever like following through with being a bow hunter. And, um, I was competing at the time. And so I kind of had, you know, a little bit of an advantage and, and getting to talk a lot of archery and being surrounded by a lot of people who were bow hunters. And so I could ask the questions and I felt kind of accepted in that way. Um, and then it just was really apparent to me that there was nobody at the time I started these, kind of camps that I know of that was kind of being this like liaison or mentor for women to like, just get it figured out. Um, and so that's kind of where I saw this like progression from training, like outdoor athletes, triathletes, ultra runners, you know, like into the space where I'm going to then start coaching, you know, hunters, um, people that want to, you know, maybe it's a gal from the Midwest and, you know, she doesn't have enough core strength right now to pull her bow as she's seated, you know? So it was kind of a, this, this progression between fitness and the hunting world, but now I can't see myself anywhere else. I really can't. Um, in fact, I actually retired from the fitness industry at the end of last year. And it was such a good shift because it's allowed me to really like focus on nurturing these these women who are most of them very new, some of them, you know, have hunted quite a while, but maybe they're just switching archery. Um, and it's created community. So not only do I get to like help this one person, but then we do these camps where they all get to come in and collectively learn from one another and, you know, get to form friendships. Like some of the people that have come to camps now are going off and hunting and hiking on their own with, you know, the people that they met at camp. And so it's like, I just am this little drop in the water and the trickle effect is everybody else that gets to come in here and like be a part of it and learn and grow from each other, not just from me. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty cool in that way. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think is, do you have, John, go for it. No, you know, you're doing good. I was going to ask you ever start, think about uh, starting a, a shop. Is that thought ever popped into your head? An archery shop, a hunting shop, an outdoor related there was a moment in time yeah where i really wanted to open like a training facility Mm -hmm. that was almost like this hybrid between a gym and maybe like kind of a crossfit box meets functional training meets range meets botex you Mm -hmm. know like Mm -hmm. you have this perfect integration because i think out here 
and I could be wrong. I don't know the market right now, but there's a lot of hunters that could benefit from kind of cross training themselves, mm-hmm. you know, being able to hold at, you know, full draw longer, being able to redraw quicker, being able to let down. I mean, there's just so many things that I think that integration would be cool. Will mm-hmm. I ever do it? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, well, that, that was actually like John and I generally think of the same thing, but that was my question. Is that the biggest hurdle, not just for women, but just for people that didn't have a dad or a mom or an uncle that, or grandparent that got them into hunting? Like, you know, if you're, if you're going to be the first generation of hunters in your family is, is the, what do you think the biggest hurdle is? Is it, is it lack of information? Is it the apprehension to go into a shop that's generally run by guys and they generally don't have the best, uh, communication skills? I mean, where, or is it all the above? I think it's a little bit of a compilation of all of those things, but I think one of the biggest hurdles is not that there's not education. It's there's an abundance of education, Mm. um, almost with anything, right. Almost to the point of like nauseam, like where do I even focus my attention? But beyond that, I think it's application. So you know, it's just like schoolwork or anything else you can learn. It's different on paper and then, you know, applying it in the field, Mm -hmm. you know, and an example is, um, tracking, you know, people, that's not something that you see a lot of education on. And so people, you know, then, okay, now they've put all the pieces together. They've pulled the, you know, they've made the shot. Now there's blood. They've got to figure out what to do now. And that's one of the biggest things that I come across is people just going like, I don't know how to, to really like implement what I've learned from an educational standpoint into like practical in the field, Mm -hmm. you know, could be the same with like elk calling strategies. Like, yeah, you can listen to all of these seminars and you can, you know, hear the chatter and know how to do it. But like when you get in the field and especially if you're like by yourself or with somebody else that doesn't really know what they're doing, like how to apply is a, that's a huge hurdle. And is that, do you cover a lot of those things that you're, at your camps and your events? We do not so much like the blood tracking. I mean, that's kind of hard. Right. I mean, I could do it in a way I'm sure. Um, that's something Sourcing that Sourcing blood is probably a little, <laughs> a little tough. You have to use the real year. thing. You yeah. have to. <laughs> um, but we're looking to, to, to progress some of those things in the future and work with some people that can help facilitate some of those more advanced educational things. But, and, and to answer your question, yes, we do cover a lot of that from like, you know, scouting to nutrition in the field to calls, you know, setups. Um, but a lot of what we do in our archery is just really working on solidifying the mechanics and the consistency of somebody's shot. Like Mm -hmm. if you don't know how to replicate a perfect shot, you're just living on chance at that point. Mm -hmm. And we want people to be confident, you know, before they ever pull a, you know, the trigger on an animal. There's so much that goes into that. I find myself probably cause I don't have all the time in the world anymore, but you know, really trying to make the most of every trip out mm-hmm. and, and to be not just like you said, there's, you know, there's so much emphasis and so much material out there on, you know, mechanics and making the shot, but there's like, just like knowing what the weather's going to be like. So we live in Western Oregon and I think it, you know, you owe it, to yourself and to, to your, you know, like if it's pouring rain or if it's supposed to pour rain for the next 12 hours straight, you know, like that has to be a variable, mm-hmm. you know, like, do I take the shot that's, 
not ideal, you know, all these things. To your point, there's so many questions. And a lot of that, unfortunately, we've all um, learned because we've made those mistakes. But yeah, to your point, you know, my wife's friend, kind of friend of a friend, you know, she not in a family of hunters. Her husband doesn't hunt. Nobody hunts, but like she has shown interest in shooting, you know, and she's like, you know, you guys, this is right when we started our podcast. I'd really like it if you guys just did a couple of podcasts on like straight up beginners, like what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to start. Like you said, I, there's so much information. I just don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. And, you know, to walk into most archery shops isn't super intimidating Mm -hmm. for anybody. I still am intimidated now, even, you know, where I'm at, like walking into some of our local shop, like, you mean you don't like to get stared at and not said hello to? No. Okay. No. Just want to check. Yeah. Or like, (laughs) or like treat me like I don't know anything about my bow. Yeah. No, it's frustrating. Hundreds of archery shops have been started for that very reason. Mm -hmm. You know, guy or girl goes into a shop. They didn't like the way they were treated. They're like, I can do better than this. And, that's why they, that's their motivation in yeah. starting that business. And ultimately a lot of them became really successful. Mm-hmm. So do better out there. Archery shots. Well, yeah. And, and you I know who you are. Yeah, yeah. You know who you are. Quit staring. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> creepy. Uh, so, uh, I guess, so just staying on with your camps and your events, what do you have planned out for next year? It sounds like you're diving in even more. Now that you're not, we are. At, yeah, yeah, I want to hear about it. What's, we are. So we on? have, um, we just, this Sunday, we're releasing uh, three of our archery camps. It'll be 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0, the natural progression from beginner to applying in the field, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, we're excited. Plenty of spots open for 1.0, John. Yeah. Okay. Just, Do, where do I sign up? <laughs> 3.0 this year is actually going to be in Utah. And we're mm-hmm. kind of doing a collaborative event with Mountain Archery Fest. So we're meeting up, we'll be there Thursday through Sunday, and we're going to do a lot of coursework. We've got some seminars. Uh, we'll do a lot of time with like shooting consistency, repeating your process. And then we're going to go and spend the next three days shooting out on the courses. So that's going to be really fun because, you know, as you know, like shooting 20 to 40 yards in your backyard is not the same as shooting, you know, at different pitches with different elevations, you know, angles, um, and then on 3d targets. So it'll be really fun to get out there and do that. Um, and then we're actually, there's an elk camp in the works, which I'm probably going to leave it at that, but elk camp is coming. It's going to be a fully like basically a deep dive into all things elk. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll be with Rocky mountain hunting calls. So they're going to help facilitate mm-hmm. that. And, uh, then we've got our Sitka camp. So we're doing a, a women's fishing and exploration camp up in Sitka. We're going to do a couple days. Um, Sitka's stunning. I don't know if you guys have been there, but it's breathtaking. I want to go. The fishing's amazing. So do you have to be a woman to sign up for these camps? So I'll come shoot turkeys I here. I keep saying, I keep seeing her Instagram post. It says, come and adventure with us in Alaska. And I said, I mean, yes, yes. Yes, we're in. Yes, <laughs> we're in. Come in. <laughs> I, in all seriousness, I really want to go there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty cool place. That's awesome. But yeah, so we're just expanding to do that. And, you know, every year I want to add another, another place on the list and just kind of get a feel from people who, you know, are a part of this community. Like, where do you want to see us show up next? Like... You want us in your hometown? Let's make it happen. You know, so cool. yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I had a question. It's a bit, a little bit of a left turn, but John and I talk about this a lot, and we talked to a lot of guys about this. But I want, I want to ask you: Are you a gearhead? Mm, 
Not really. Um, I'm a gear snob. Okay, good enough. <laughs> gear. So I would consider myself like I used to know a lot of like I knew every bow that was coming out and I'd shoot every bow that was coming out. And I was just thinking on the way here, like it's been a long time since I've just got the full lineup, you know, of what's new and, and mm-hmm. gone to test it out. But I like gear. Um, I like good gear. I like gear that's functional and works well and mm-hmm. shit weather and Alaska. <laughs> that's really important. It's a good but, place to test. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm a gearhead. Gotcha. So you're telling me that, you know, it's August, beginning of August, and elk season's right around the corner. You just, when you see these ads pop up in your feed for, you know, optics or backpacks or all these toys, you do, there's not like a little desire that like, man, I think I want to buy that. If it's like new technology, things that are coming out, but I I feel like we're so, we're kind of at a point <clears throat> with gear that there's not much that comes out that I'm like, Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe some stabilizing binoculars at some point would be great, but I'm <laughs> yeah. dialed on the rest of my gear, you know? So yeah. unless I get wild and go start hunting some other continent, probably. Yeah. Okay. So this is a good segue. You hunted Sitka this year or you hunted Kodiak, right? Mm-hmm. So what, I mean, now you do have a little bit of an insider there. Your husband did, how did you prepare for this? How was it different than like going up to McKinsey and going black to hunting? I didn't really have much time to prepare. So I'm not sure. Sometimes you, that's the best. If you know the the full story, but um, I went on a sheep hunt this year. It was my tag. And then a buddy of mine plus one on my trip. And so he brought this girl named Emily Thompson who I'd never met. And I was, so he called me and he's like, so do you think I can bring? And I was like, well, who is she? You know, like, <laughs> um, And so she came on the trip and we didn't really spend much time like talking, hanging out, shooting the, you know, getting to know each other or anything and, um, wrap that trip up and which left a lot to be desired. That trip was kind of a a bust weather wise and everything Mm and came home and like two weeks before Kodiak, she called me up and she's like, Hey, you want to go to Kodiak with me? And I'm like, I'm thinking like, hell no. Like, I don't even know you. (laughs) And then. She's like, it's just me and one other girl and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, well, let me talk to Dustin. And Dustin, he was stationed there for six years, you know. And so he's like, go. Like, absolutely. Like, yes, make this happen. Here's my credit card, babe. I'm like, okay, (laughs) apparently I'm going to Kodiak. (laughs) And so I only had like two weeks. And um, I feel like from hunting Sitka, I had a little bit of an idea of maybe what I was getting myself into, which I was, it's, they couldn't be more opposite. Sitka and and Kodiak are just different, totally different places. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah, I had no time really to prepare. Mm. Um, although I run every, every trip off of a list, like a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I had that list and I just checked things off and there were quite a few things leaving that trip that I will do different on a real cold weather hunt like that. Kodiak. Yeah. Okay. Oh, like what? What, 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 I guess I assume you're going to try to do it again if possible. Yeah. So what would you do different? I would know how to, um, have better gun hygiene and cold weather. Um, my gun misfired three times. Um, the first shot hit my buck and he was standing there bleeding, but I don't ever want a deer on his feet. So I went to put another one in, in him and, I had three, three total misfires. And, um, I think 
it was a shallow strike, but <clears throat> I think that I could have potentially cared for my gun, you know, in that freeze, you know, thaw, freeze, thaw. It was like 10 degrees, you know, during the mm-hmm. day. And then we get back and go into the cabin and it was warm. And um, so just knowing how to better, you know, take care of a gun mm-hmm. in cold weather like that would be my number one for sure. So, so shallow strike, meaning uh, you ejected the bullet and it was like a small dimple on Correct. the primer. Yes. Okay. Yep. Have yep. you ever had a, a, a misfire before out of a rifle? Yes. Oh, you have? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, with the same gun. So the same gun. So okay, <laughs> starting to develop a yeah. So the same. But hold on. So are you going to cover gun care in these camps? So uh, I am talking with maybe a, Otis. A, yeah, I am talking with a company <laughs> to. I mean, that's important. I know it's like funny, but at the same yeah. time, mm-hmm. like Kodiak yeah. is the last place I want to be without a weapon that's firing. No True. I, I didn't think about the bears, but yeah. Yeah, so right. it, it's a big deal. It's, I mean, it's really important. And, and, um, so it was happened, it happened a couple of times before this and it was only on the Barnes bullets, only on the Barnes bullets. <clears throat> and so I thought, figured out my problem. Maybe they're using a different primer. Maybe it's whatever. Mm-hmm. So I switched ammos, never had any other issues. Killed my husband, killed a goat with it this year. Never had a problem. I fired it plenty. It was clean. The gun was clean. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. And then it had killed my a girl that was there killed her deer her first deer with, deer with it this was the second time it was fired didn't operate correctly and then the other girl that i was with her tika decided to not work anymore mid hunt and so the entire rest of the hunt was done with my gun jeez so i think it was a combination of bushwhacking freezing cold temperatures and guns that just it's pretty didn't. scary when you think about uh, yeah, worst case scenario. Jeez, man. It did. And so I posted all of that in that video that went oh. on YouTube because I thought it, that's super important. Like, mm-hmm. sure, it's like not a highlight, right, for mm-hmm. the company uh, that makes that gun or for that situation. But it's so important because it's practical. That's mm-hmm. what happens. Like, sometimes weather yeah. is hard on things. And, yeah. That's the great thing about the content uh, just avalanche that we're in, you know, I mean, 10, 15 years ago, it was like, if you wanted to look up some videos or go rent some DVDs or buy some DVDs on, on hunting, it was, you were getting, you know, guy in tree stand, mm-hmm. uh, Hey, we're here. It's the last day though, you know, and perfect shot. You know, he never saw any misses, marginal shots. Usually you didn't see those either. Everything was edited to the point where it's like, wow, this, everything looks perfect. Really easy. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, uh, you know, as people are so much more savvy now and they're actually looking for content like this, like what, okay, what, what, what do I need to know if I'm going to make? Cause just, I mean, people spend a lot of money to go places. Even if you're just going from Illinois to Colorado to go elk hunting and you've never done it before. I mean, I was in that scenario. Yeah. Not Illinois. I'd never lived there, but Wisconsin to Illinois or to Colorado. And it was like, you know, you had your list out. It was July and you know, you, it's like a big, big thing. We take it for granted a little bit living in the West here where, mm-hmm. you know, elk hunting's every year, but big game, big game trips can be ruined by the smallest oh, yeah. little things. Mm-hmm. So, well, tell us some, tell us about, I mean, you obviously shot uh, a few things there, I believe, right? I did. Yeah. I I was lucky enough to tag out. So I shot three bucks um, on that trip and I didn't honestly expect to on 
judging by how it started, it started pretty slow. And, um, so the second girl that was coming, I never met, didn't even know who, never even dawned on me that like <clears throat> ask who this other person was coming. <laughs> and, um, she was, I would say a pretty much a new hunter. She, I guess had grown up like hunting small game and rabbits and stuff, but had not killed a big game animal. And so that was really fun for me. I enjoy thoroughly watching people find success and like learn and you can like see, you know, things kind of connect and they're like, yeah, I'm getting it. And so we got her on a, a, a few deer and just watching that progression and like, you know, everything from at first I was like, okay, take your safety off, you know, like, okay, now, like now's the time if you're ready, you know, like take it, you know? And, and so just kind of watching that, like her confidence build was pretty cool. But there was a time where I was like, yeah, if I don't fill a tag, like, okay, you know, we, the freezers are pretty full right now. And I was like, okay, you know, that's all right. Just, I want to get these girls like, you yeah. know, and then it just kind of transpired that, um, a smaller buck came out and we'd seen probably 85 doe at this point and a couple little tiny button bucks and spikes. And then this forked horn walked out and he was up on the ridge, like 250 yards. I'm like, grab your gun. Okay. Let's get you set up. You know? And they're like, no, you, cause they had already filled a tag and they wanted to do this like one, two, three, one, two, three. And I'm like, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, so that, that was the misfire buck. Um, and then, yeah, so I'll kind of fast forward. So we had several days and lots of wind and lots of really cold weather and, uh, we're seeing a little bit of deer here and there and just not seeing like mature bucks, you know, like I have seen in the pictures, you know, like my husband was telling me about. And, um, we, one day we decide that, uh, we're going to invite the only other female at this place at this lodge and she's a caretaker. And we're like, Hey, would you ever like want to go out with us? You know? And, and she's like, are you serious? Like, yeah, you know, she was so excited. And so we broke up into groups. And so, um, two of the girls went off and then Emily and I went off a different direction and, and got our beach drop off and it's cold day, you know, to where you're like, you're trying to still hunt, you're trying to sit in glass and then you just start shivering so bad. You're like, I gotta go. Like, I couldn't even take a steady shot right now if I had to. And so we're just kind of still on our way up here, following some tracks, kind of on this little knobby, um, game trail. And, um, I've kind of turned like, you know, over to my, my right side and we're kind of both turned and we go to turn back to the left to start walking down this game trail again. And all I hear and know is Emily going, grab your gun, grab your gun. And so I have the stone glacier quick release. And so I just pulled it up and I, I didn't know immediately like what the situation was. She would didn't say deer or bear or anything, just grab your gun. And so I grabbed it. And as soon as I chambered around, I saw this buck at like 14 feet in front of me. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Long pause for drama there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just pulled up and fired. And then we both stood there just like completely I, in the most shock I've ever been with an animal before, like mm. didn't even have words. I might've cussed a couple times, like, holy, what just happened? You know, like yeah. that was crazy from, from this little spike that was staring at us like a half hour ago, us freezing to like this great, you know, I don't even remember what he was to be honest with you, like three by four or something, but he had just broken off. So he still had like fresh, like marrow coming mm. out of his, his, um, third and fourth. And, and so we, 
drag him down to the beach and uh which is kind of an interesting thing to do but and then we come back up and we're like all right let's get you one you know and so we sit down up, up on another knob and the coolest thing happened so I heard something kind of moving around Emily's over on the other side and I'm like there's something coming in and it's you know probably a deer but it doesn't it sounds like maybe a fox or something and then all of a sudden I hear this rabbit die just this long, nice. long, horrible death. <laughs> oh, jeez. And then, so I'm standing. Uh, could, I don't know what that sounds like, and maybe our, our listeners don't. Could I you can't. No, I can't. No, I can't. And so then this fox <laughs> comes running up. He's now probably, I don't know, 17 yards in front of me. And then he like sees me and he like you know, locks eyes with me and mm. I lock eyes with it. And it's got this dead bunny, you know, half of a dead bunny hanging out of its mouth. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Like I kind of want to shoot it, but this is really cool <laughs> at the same time. And, uh, so that was a cool moment. And then, so shortly after that, I'm kind of glassing up, you know, probably 150, 200 yards up. And then I drop my binos down. And just as I do that, I see this buck kind of cross this ravine, probably 60 yards in front of me. Mm. And I turn and I'm like, M, M. And she can't hear me. She's got like her, you know, hoods on and she faced the other way. And I'm like, crap. So I finally get her attention. Kind of had to walk over to her. And I was like, there's a buck right here coming this direction. And as soon as we walked back over and this all happened within like probably 15 seconds, he's gone. I don't see him. And so she gets her gun and I'm like, he's right here. He was like, come in this direction. I only saw him. And, and then I like look and he's standing 10 feet in front of us Mm. just on the other side of like some dead alders, you know, like there's no leaves or anything on him right now. She goes to pull the trigger and nothing happened. No, it Mm. like her firing pin didn't even engage. And she goes, so she racks another one thinking like, well, maybe she didn't rack one Mm -hmm. and pulls the trigger and the firing pin did engage and she was able to pull the trigger, but nothing happened. And so I'm recording this whole, it's all on YouTube and recording this whole thing. I drop the camera. I give her my gun. She pulls up and she shoots this buck. Nice. And we're like, Holy cow. And she's like, she's freaking out, you know, like upset. She's like, I don't like that. I do not like that. And I was like, that is how I felt the other day. I'm like, now I have a gun that's not, you know, firing. Like, that's not a good feeling. Anyway, so it worked out. So she flips this thing over. There's no nuts on it. No sheath, no nothing. No male parts on this four-point buck. We're wow. like, dang. Like, it didn't... I've only ever seen a stag that has, like, velvet, crazy, you know, antlers. Yeah. So we're like, what is this thing? I don't even know. So I kind of take this video and, um, up there, you know, you tra- he was transitioning. So, uh, I, I assume that, I mean, that thing's it's happening all <laughs> over the place. State healthcare. It has sure. now entered the, uh, ungulant community. Yeah. Uh. I'm sure. And so, you know, up there, we kind of like learned over time. We didn't want to be, you know, we don't want to be too like scattered. You can't really garage sell your stuff when you're dressing something mm. out. You got to be mobile ready to kind of like get up and go if you need to if a bear comes in or whatever and and so I had my gun and it was sitting next to me and and I just get done taking this video of the no nuts on this buck and um she's like there's another one grab your gun and I'm like oh I'm funny you know (laughs) right (laughs) 
And she's like, right. grab your gun. And I just, yeah, turned around and grabbed it. And there's this monster just nice pounding, just heavy rut, just pounding up this hill. Yeah. 20 yards away, what 18 is... yards away. I mean, dang. so I shot and felt like a good shot, you know, and, but he ran off and I'm like, why did he run off? You mm. know, I was like, I, I was like, did I miss him? And she's like, oh no, you didn't miss him. And so I just, I kind of saw this alder kind of like crash and I was like, that's where I'm going. I'm just going to beeline right to there. Cause it was also up on a knob. So if he went over the other side, I'd have another shot at, at him and mm-hmm. he was piled up right there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nice. mind blown. Like what just freaking <clears throat> happened? So we that's killed crazy. three stud bucks in the matter of like three hours or something. It was incredible. Were you expecting that type of target rich environment before you got out there? Cause it sounds like you guys were seeing I mean, not a lot, yeah. like a ton of big bucks, but yeah. know, a lot of deer. I mean, it was, you know, and it's an any sex tag. So freezers can get filled one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always heard it's, you know, a target rich environment. So I was excited about that. But mm-hmm. this particular spot, I did not really anticipate things kind of unfolding how they did. But mm-hmm. man, it was fun. We rode that high. Oh, I bet. So now, I don't know. We weren't super far. I don't know, like exactly how far, maybe a mile in. But now we're, we each have a piece of webbing and we've, you know, quickly got these deer out. Now we're dragging like kind of up and over these knolls and through these alders and through all this crap, you know, and you're like, at one point she looks at me and she's like, I don't know anybody else as crazy as you. Like this, <laughs> this is a good, good team effort right now. <laughs> I'm like, likewise. Um, but it was just a lot of fun. I think that trip really gave me a lot of confidence. I mean, Kodiak's kind of a, it's a big place, you know, there's a, there's a lot to Kodiak and. Um, just the fact that we went just as three chicks that wanted to go and have a good time and put some meat in the freezer and, you know, mm. had a, you know, pretty successful trip was, was awesome. Yeah. It was really awesome. I mean, the list is short, uh, for, for anybody, regardless of gender to just like, yeah, let's go to the Kodiak. Let's go hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. did you feel, I know we got to run, but, um, real quick, obviously we, th- you know, you have grizzlies, right? You, Kodiak, it's well known for the, uh, predator situation. Mm-hmm. Um, was that always kind of in the back of your mind or did you get to a point where you kind of forgot about it after a while? Well, when you're seeing tracks as big as this table, you don't really forget that they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not even kidding you to say that some of the tracks that we cut, my jaw hit the floor. Like, mm-hmm. are you, I mean, sure. They're a little bit like faded out, but they're ginormous. Mm-hmm. So no, it never really left our minds. And, um, I wasn't really scared. There was only a couple times where I got this feeling like, eh, I don't really like whatever's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you can't do life scared, prepared. Sure. Right. But scared just right. keeps you in a box. It mm-hmm. takes the joy out of the experience. And mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, you miss out on a lot. Yeah. However, I didn't have to hike out in the dark, so that would have been a different story. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <clears throat> So I know we're on a little bit of a time crunch. We definitely are going to do this again. You have, we've only like, this was only one of many trips that you were very successful at this year. So, um, you have a great podcast. So if you don't mind just letting everybody know where they can hear you on a regular basis and yeah, absolutely. 
Um, the, it's called the Soul Summit Podcast. Um, it can be found on all major podcast apps and now playing on Carbon TV, which has been a fun ad. They're a great place for binge watching lots of different kinds of content, including like live cams of just mm. wildlife. So it's a great oh, cool. thing to just play in the house during the holidays or whatever. But hey. yeah, I invite you to come over and listen to the conversations. We have some very incredible guests um, like the Praying Man guys. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Right well, on. If somebody wants to contact you about a camp, well, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, either find me on Instagram, her outdoor journey, or uh, heroutdoorjourney.com <clears throat> has all of the details for the launches that we have on camps this year, um, as well as a contact list if you wanted to potentially set something up in your area. Right on. Awesome. Well, thank you, Courtney, so much. This was this was a ton of fun. We're gonna do this again. We have we have obviously a lot more. To, I'm I'm enthralled. I don't want to stop. This is. <laughs> You're a good storyteller. And that, that sounds awesome. So we'll do it again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we will uh, we'll be back soon with another episode. And uh, we appreciate all the support out there. So thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Take care.